Awesome. All right, if you have your um, Bibles with you this morning, the scriptures will pop up on the screens if you don't. But if you have your Bibles, find John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. And I'll read it out to you this morning. It says this, In the beginning, the word already existed. Hang on, just stop a minute. I know it's very, very bad, but let's just pray before I preach, hey? So, so we'll get that bit first, then we'll get the scriptures, then we'll do the talking. So, uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just pray before we go any further that you will just do something that is not natural in our minds. We ask and invite you to, to infuse us with a supernatural understanding of your word this morning and pray and ask, Lord God, that there may be breakthroughs and, and uh, supernatural uh, workings that can't be explained any other way, but it must have been from you. So I pray this morning as I speak that that supernatural flow will happen. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. Okay, we'll go back to our, our scripture this morning. In the beginning... The Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Now, if you wonder what that's all talking about, that is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Word who became human or in some, some ways in the olden language you would say the Word became flesh. The Word became a body, a person, and it was Jesus. Now, verse 2 says, He existed in the beginning with God. He was always there. God created everything through him. So God created everything through Jesus. And nothing was created except through him. So it's a double, you know, double thing there. They're saying God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him, just in case we didn't understand. Verse 4, the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. So I use that scripture this morning to set the premise that God is the creator of everything. Now you think, oh, well, that's really wonderful. But what I want us to see this morning is when we know that, we can live with a supernatural power greater than our natural environment or limitations. So as all of you would know, those who know me well, I'm a self-confessed technology device retard. I know that's not a very good thing to say, but I just, I'm just clumsy, I'm hopeless. I, I, don't, I don't know how to do a lot of stuff in this modern technology world that we live in. So I, I, I mean, if I hire a car, I, I get in the car and you think, can't even turn on the radio. I, it's just technology. I'm like, how, how do you even start this thing? Because I find it difficult. I find it hard to navigate through apps, as they call them. I don't, I don't even know how to download an app. Just let's go back to having books. Computers, Macs, Windows, phones, tablets, iPhones, Samsungs, I just hate them all. <laughs> no, not really. My wife's saying, you do not. No, not really. Though... They're very helpful. They're very good tools. That, that, yeah, Facebook's awesome. <laughs> but something about, about technology, I'll go to my phone. That updates. That, that does these things called updates. Whether I want them or not, it, it says there's an update. And uh, sometimes you get them on your computer. 
And often it's like, yeah, I want to rush, I want to go home, go to turn down, you know, turn off my computer. says, update, ready to unload. Do not turn off your, or shut down your computer. I'm like, not, then it'll say like seven, you know, downloaded seven of 398. And you're like watching the thing, spinning, spinning. 9 p.m. at night, I'm still going, come on. So who's ever, whoever just shut, turns it off and says, I don't care. What are you going to do to me? But the process, the process often starts with, with an annoying message, especially on your phone. And, and I, don't, I don't appreciate the message, but this annoying message will come up. Update ready to be installed. Who's ever seen that? Who's ever got that? Update ready to be installed. And um, when I finally press update now, because what I do is it gives options, update now or later. And I always click later, 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 three days later. And then, and then it sort of get, it kind of gets annoyed at you. And if it, could, if it could scream at you, it would start getting louder and louder. But when I finally press update now, it goes through a process and it will ask me to accept the terms of use for its products. So the apps, it says, once I got one just recently, it said, uh, agree to the terms of use of this product. I won't uh, name the, the brand. Um, you you got to accept the terms of, the, of these products and apps or return the phone for a refund. So I could have said, hey, I don't accept the terms. They go, okay, don't use our phone. Don't use our stuff. That's what they're saying. It's really rude. It's really bad corporate business. They're going to do it my way. Just give it back. That's what they're saying. I think that's, I think that's pretty unfair. That's pretty full on. But spiritually, it's important to live supernaturally. And if, and if we're going to do that, we have to accept the terms that God sets. So we have access to supernatural software that's ready to install, but won't work until we accept the terms of, the terms of use. Oh, wow, I'm getting excited. See, God says, so I'll go back. It seems like it doesn't matter how often I update. There's always another update. And God says, when it comes to a spiritual thing, a supernatural thing, he's saying, here's my way. And we say, no way. God says, here's my way. And we say, later. God says, hey, there's an urgent update. And we say, later. We say, later. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that next week. Maybe I don't want to do that at all. And then God says, well, then bring it back. So there's a supernatural software that God put in us for our good, for our benefit. A supernatural conscience that tells us right from wrong and, and uh, when the, an update is now ready to be installed in our life. Um, Romans 2 verse 14 and 15, it says in the, in, in the uh, New Living Translation of this scripture, even Gentiles, these people who don't know who God is, who, who don't have God's written law, so there's, in the Bible, there's, there was Hebrews or, or Jews and there was Gentiles, which is everybody else. And we're everybody else here today. So even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it. 
even without having heard it. So that's like that inner compass we have. We call it our conscience. Sometimes I think it's the working of the Holy Spirit, even if we don't know who he is, which just says, uh-uh, uh-uh, don't, don't do that. That was, that was bad. We call it a conscience. And it says they demonstrate that God's law is written in their what? Hearts. For their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. That's a powerful, powerful concept to try and get our heads around. But the Holy Spirit speaks to us when we need a software update. I'm talking spiritually here. So I'm trying to be real cool. I'm trying to be real it with this new generation that I don't even understand. I know I'll probably say things I don't even know what it means. Some of these words that they use today, like app. Apparently, there are two ways to deal with an update. Apparently, because I probably don't deal with them correctly myself. I've probably found other ways to deal with them. (laughs) Two ways to deal with updates. The responsible way and the irresponsible way. And I want to tell you today that there's ways in which we can uh, live our life with God, the responsible way or the irresponsible way. So here we are. Number one, the responsible way to deal with an update. Number one pop up on the screen, the responsible way is to keep up with the updates and install them. So when it says an update is ready, you just say install, boom, as soon as you get it, three days later. (laughs) Now the irresponsible way, this is, is, I really find this amazing, Uh, this is what one forum says about irresponsible ways to, to deal with it. Just ignore all updates. Who who is this person? Con, he's honest. Just ignore all updates entirely. That's your call. We won't judge. Though you might be opening yourself up to attack as new vulnerabilities are revealed, just don't blame us. Ooh. The irresponsible way. See, the lessons for us doing our Christian life our Christian journey, it's vital we stay updated in our soul. It's great that we have a, a process that God gives us so that we can stay refreshed, stay energized, stay focused on the things of God because it is so, so easy to have that corrupted. So not only does Jesus save you, he also wants to change you. And it's not, I got, the, I, got that, I, I got that one process and now it's it. I'm done. It's like having a bath. In 1977, I had a bath. And it was such a good bath. I don't think I ever need another one again. <laughs> I remember once they had a, a thing on, on TV. I saw a program. It wasn't very nice. It was very condescending. But they said, Australia's dirtiest man. And you know, they, you know how they, they go to someone's house and they went to his house. They, you know, somehow they said, this is Australia's dirtiest man. And they interviewed him and they said, when's the last time you had a, had a shower or a bath? He said, only dirty people need showers. It's a good concept. But I'll tell you something. In large computer networks, so if you have a corporate business, there's, there's a, often a network they use. They often roll out updates they call patches to the software. And, and sometimes even your own computer might say there's a, a patch being rolled out for, for your system. So whether we like it or not, we live with issues that need correction because we are prone to this thing called sin. 
Sin has got its corruption embedded in this world. I'll even go one step further. Sin has got corruption embedded in your life, in my life. There's sin that, that, that has embedded itself. It's got itself somehow so, so in there that no matter even if we deny it, if we pretend it's not there, if we don't watch it, it will, get, it will, it will surface somehow, somewhere. It's embedded in, in the world. And as long as we live in this world, we are exposed to sin and you know something, maybe not you, but I know I'm attracted to it. I'm attracted to the stupid stuff. So sometimes this is how it gets me. Something annoys me and it's just like this anger will burst out. I'll say things and I'll do things and I'll go, I wish I, I, wish I didn't do that. I feel that thing like we saw in, in Romans chapter 2 earlier where a conscience starts to eat at me. And I, just, I just wish I didn't say that. I wish I didn't do that. And, and there's some action sometimes where we, we live in a rebelliousness to God's perf, perfect plan because we're listening to the sounds of sin that's embedded somewhere deep in the software. So I believe our Christian walk needs to be something that we work on on a regular basis, hopefully every day, where we're saying, God, help me to deal with my sin today. Help me to deal with my issues. Sometimes it could only just be these fleeting thoughts that come in and go out. But we need to say, well, I'm not going to let those, those sinful thoughts come and settle. I'm not going to make the bed and say, sleep a few days. I'm going to say, well, that, I know where that came from wasn't God. Well, you can go. So we need to constantly be working on these things in our life. So in the Bible, we, we, we read about this thing called the enemy. It's, he's the devil. He's real. I remember I was in a church once in Hindley Street, and lots of people would come in off the street, hear the music, and just wander in. And one day these guys came. I was on the welcome team. You, know, they, they, you could tell they're not church people. They're just after a big night out. They're going to church, church is on pretty early, so they're wandering home, thinking, oh, we'll go, there's more music, party, let's go in here. <clears throat> and the preacher was talking about the enemy, the enemy, the enemy. And this, this guy says to me, hey, who, who's the enemy? Because he's got no clue. I said, it's the devil. He goes, oh, okay. So I said, work it out. So the enemy, he's the devil. He's described as a, as a prowling lion looking for a victim. 1 Peter 5 verse 8. Seeking a moment of weakness, a lapse of judgment on your part to exploit so that he can, so that he can reintroduce and refan in your life the sin life, the sin, the sin perspective. He wants to, he wants to find that, that little opportunity to, to step in and bring mayhem to your life again. So, we often minimize and validate our own sins. I know I do all the time. But we magnify the sins in others. So my sin, well, that wasn't too bad because, you know, I'm Italian. I'm a nice boy. But you see the sins in others and you magnify that. But we've got to develop a life that self-applies patches to our software and guards your vulnerability to sin. We need to roll out those patches. Now I know, I know that, that God can come into our heart and change us in an instant. And when people come to know Christ for the first time, it's like there's this huge, big, you know, uh, I don't know the, the way to describe it, like a load is lifted off them. They're washed clean. They sense a difference. There's like a lightness, a, a whole new experience of life. They can see things differently. That happens. But other times... 
It's like the, it's, a, it's a gradual unveiling of God's plan and purpose in a person's life so that they know that it wasn't all done in one miraculous moment, but a process of, of lots of moments. You know, I, I remember trying to work out my, my way in God and, and it was so, it seemed to me so difficult. I'd watch other people and go, how come it's so easy for them? How come it seems so, uh, so uh, blessed in their life? Everything seems to work and I'm struggling all the time. I've got doubts, I've got fears, I've got insecurities, I'm jealous, um, I get angry easily, uh, I just do dumb stuff all the time. It was a process that I was going on. I'm still on the process. But I want to encourage you, develop a life that self-applies the patches from God. Be attuned to this thing called your conscience because the Holy Spirit will use your conscience that is something deep within our being and, and he'll direct you to the right path. He'll direct you when you're thinking wrong. He'll direct you when you're talking wrong. He'll direct you when you're walking the wrong way. We've got to learn to trust the judgment of the Holy Spirit and develop that in our life. Romans 12 verse 2, using the NIV Bible right now, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. I love this the, 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 the part where it says, be transformed by renewing your mind. So it's not be transformed because your, your mind was renewed once. Here Paul is telling us, be, be transformed by renewing it. It's a process. It's an ongoing. It's not a, one, a once event of your life. God is not a software company, but he has given us the terms of use to live a great life. And I want to encourage you, God wants you to live a great life, a supernatural life, a, a life uh, awakened to a supernatural spiritual world that is surrounding us every day, that, that affects uh, so much of our life. And God wants us to be living in the victory that Christ gave us in that life. Can it be that, our, that, that in our own way, we ignore the prompts from the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit's saying, update now. And things that we could have dealt with and left behind, uh, piggybacking a ride and making life hard to live. Who's ever experienced that? I've got, a, I've got a picture here of Chewbacca. It's like having a Chewbacca on your back. You know, we have a saying, you've got a monkey on your back. Well, I think there's many Christians living life with Chewbacca on their back. Things we could have dealt with and left behind are piggybacking a ride and making life harder to live so you know you think well it's okay to have a chimpanzee on your back but man you got to chew back up what's his noise i've been trying to practice his 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 language i can't quite get it so jesus is the one who deals with the problem of our sin as for us you know if you're a believer if you're a christian here today we have the truth of jesus the access to that supernatural power of God every day. It's normal to live as a Christian that way. We've got to practice a spiritual normal. Uh, uh, spiritual disciplines in the Lord and life uh, will become richer and, and become stronger. So you're thinking, well, what are those disciplines that you're talking about? We, we need to talk to God a lot. We call that praying. 
You need, to, you need to discover the word of God for your life and have personal moments where you say, God, you, you've just showed me what I need to do. I just got what, what I call a revelation of, of illumination from, from the word. It's a powerful book. This is not a book of stories. I used to think it's just a book. I just can't understand. It's a crazy thing. don't know what any of it means. Hardly. And then I can remember one of the moments, there's been many moments, but one moment I'll share with you. I was in Petra, Jordan. Who knows where that is? It's in, in the Jordan, obviously. I was in Petra. And, and I was reading my Bible in this sort of, I don't know, it was a guest house. It wasn't a motel. It was kind of just a room. And I'm reading my Bible. It's really hot. And, and God showed me one of the stories in, in the Old Testament. And it was about chariots and about mountains and hills and valleys. And suddenly I'm seeing, I'm getting a download supernaturally into my mind that tells me how to navigate the next season of my life. And I was like, whoa. And I'll tell you, I live for those moments. And I want to encourage you today. I heard someone sharing with me this morning in church about how God was just doing that to them yesterday. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. They're the people I want to be around. So what was I getting to? What are some of those other uh, uh, practices? Another good one. So, so pray. Pray a lot. Pray to Jesus. Don't pray to, well, I don't know who I'm praying to, some, some inner bigger force. Pray to Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, I, I'm praying to you. I want to talk to you right now. So that's a good place to start. Don't pray, well, I just pray to the force of energy, the greater force of the energy or whatever. It's Jesus Christ. Pray to him. Uh, get stuck into the Bible. Probably start, if you never read a Bible, get, get one you understand. Don't get an old English one. You won't understand it. It'll be, it'll be like rubbing glass in your eyes. Get, get a Bible in the modern version. It's okay. So if you're thinking the only version you can read is the King James, you're an idiot. It's probably one of the most unreliable versions. It's good. I love it. But it's not the best. It's not the only. It's just a one of many. They're versions of the Word of God. They're all, you know, that was probably one of the ones that wasn't, because uh, of the age of it, wasn't accurately as translated as it could have been today. You got that? Not hard to understand. Ooh, I just offended someone. If I broke out in speaking tongues right now, I'd heal everything. <clears throat> so read your Bible, get one you understand. And the next thing is be in fellowship with other Christians. Yeah. Be in fellowship with other Christians. The Bible says iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. That's what church is all about. It's like shing, shing, shing. You come out of here so sharp. Who wants to be sharp here this morning? I want to be sharpened when I come to church. I want to be sharpened when I talk to Michael. I want to be sharpened when I talk to Kyle. I want to feel like I've, been, I've got the edge. You walk out of church, mate, the devil's thinking, whoa, let's go to Wyala next week. These guys are too dangerous. They're too sharp for me. It's opening yourself to a supernatural level of life that allows a supernatural spiritual update every day. Regardless of your age. I read this recently. This is, this is not from me. But it says this, regardless of your age, if you're ready for change, God will give you a new anointing and impartation. Some people want new wine before they're ready to discard their old wine skin. Woo. John chapter 14, verse 6. I'm nearly finished. Jesus answered, 
I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'll just read that again. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, these are the terms from God. Talked at the start about the terms of a device. These are the terms from God for us, for mankind. Rather than being harsh or unattainable, it means that the way to life has been paid for us by Jesus himself. You don't have to earn it. You just believe it. You don't have to earn it. That's one of the biggest, I think, fault lines of people understanding God and Christianity is we think it's all about what we're doing in earning our goodness, earning our standing with God because we've, we've followed some rules. I don't eat this anymore. I don't, go, I don't look at that anymore. I don't do all these things anymore. I, I stop this and I stop that. But you know something? It's not about what we're doing. You can start playing. That'll be really nice. Um, we don't, we don't, uh, um, we, we don't have that need to to do those things for God's blessing or for, for for God's goodness to be upon us for His salvation, but we do those things out of response of appreciation and love to the Father. So I have this last bit. How would it be if when our device, when our devices needed to be updated, we we saw messages like this? Uh, this this phone or laptop is not going to work. It's going to glitch. It's going to glitch on you from now on. But there is no solution. There is no update. There is no patch. There there is nothing. But it's just a warning to say from now on. It's probably they should do it anyhow. From now on, this device is going to give you problem. It's not going to work how you want it to work. But if you're, if you're smart enough, this is the, the message I'm saying, but if you're smart enough, if you're good enough, you can devise your own solution to the problem. Now, I know if I was getting messages like that, I would be in real trouble. I would have no way of fixing the issue. I'd have no way to figure out a patch for the problem that I'm facing on my device. And sometimes in life, we're thinking that we can, we can fix a patch. Look at this, no one will notice. No one will notice that I'm hurting. No one will notice that I've got unforgiveness. No one will notice that I'm angry. No one will notice all these things because I thought I could do a good enough patch all by myself. But you know something? The, uh, the, 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 the thing about life is you're always going to have a, a glitch from now on while you're relying on a patch that you created for yourself. It's never going to work effectively or efficiently in your life. In a strange way, people miss the point of Jesus' death and His, his substitution for us upon the cross because He died sinless for our sin. His death is so that we could seek a supernatural patch with a heaven solution to our situations. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never come to that place of saying, Lord, I want, to, I want to believe in you. I'm sick of living my life just with patches of, of my own making, of my own creation. And you're saying, Jesus, will you, will you come in and 
just do an inner work in me because you're the manufacturer. That's where we started this morning, realizing that Jesus made everything and that means he made you. That means he knows all about you. He's got the manufacturer's warranty. He's got the manufacturer's instructions. And if we could only trust him and say, Jesus, I wanna, I wanna trust you with my life. I wanna trust you with my future. We'll have a great future. Can I tell you, Jesus is the solution to our broken, corrupted life. He's the solution to our broken, corrupted life. He's the only one can, that can deal with the, the, the base issue of every single one of us, and that is the wrestle against sin because we can't beat it without Jesus. So I want to pray for people this morning. Why don't you bow your heads? Because perhaps you're here or, or, or I don't want to embarrass anyone. I'm not going to ask for any um, um, response at all, except that I want to pray for you. Because someone here, you're living with a Chewbacca on your back and everything's harder than it ought to be. I want to pray today that, that we get the Chewbacca's off you. We get those monkeys off your back. Confess we need Jesus. We've all got weak spots. This morning, I want to pray of you to confess that we need Jesus to patch those weak spots in a complete, perfect and eternal way, in a brand new way. Today, many of us here, we could agree to the terms that God has for us. Will you agree to the terms that God has for your life? We, we sung it earlier, wherever you call me, wherever you lead me. That's a great, that's a great prayer. And that's saying, God, I'm, a, I'm agreeing to the terms that you have for my life. So I'm going to pray right now in this atmosphere of faith, in this atmosphere of openness to, to the Lord. Jesus, I, I, I pray over these people. Lord, we give you the rights to our lives here today. We agree to the terms that, that, that will make us complete here this morning. Lord, take the weight of sin off us. Take the sin, the weight of sin off me. In Jesus' name we pray. And Lord, I just pray wherever those, those people are that are feeling the weight of life, feeling the weight of things that, that they, they could have let go a long time ago, I pray they walk out of church this morning saying, that is gone. Something happened in that message that caused me to let go, that caused me to, to shake it off. And I pray literally that people will leave church week by week feeling stronger, feeling better, feeling sharper against every attack of the enemy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So from now on, church, live not ignoring the prompts of the Holy Spirit. Update. No more pressing later, later, later. Update. As soon as you get that prompt of the Spirit, say, yes, Lord, I want to deal with that today. Be willing to update every day in the things of God. And you'll find you'll, you'll get stronger. Life will get clearer. Your focus will be sharper. And you'll be a blessing that other people want to hang around. God bless your church. Have a great week.